Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. My name is Rachel Faddison, and with me today is Mike Hosterman, Ag Business Consultant with Ag Choice Farm Credit. Milk markets in the last several months have been very volatile, and one area of concern is the dramatic shift in the producer price differential, PPD. Mike will help us understand what PPD is, why it is a concern in today's markets, and steps dairy farms can take moving forward. Mike, thanks for joining me. Well, Rachel, thanks for having me. So let's get started. Mike, for those who aren't familiar with milk pricing, could you explain what the PPD is in layman's terms, and then share typically what Pennsylvania dairy farms see as their PPD? Rachel, I'll make an attempt to do that. Uh, As you know, milk pricing is very complicated, and there's probably only a few individuals across the, the country that really know how it's truly priced. If you want to read a good article on PPD, as I get ready to explain it a little more here, Mark Stevenson and Andrew Novakovich at the Dairy Markets and Policy website, have an article called Making Sense of Your Milk Price in the Pandemic Economy, Negative PPDs, Depulling and Reblending. And it really does explain this maybe better than I'm going to, but it is something if you want to go as a resource to get it. So what is PPD? Seven of 11 federal orders are paid on the basis of a class three component system. The ones that aren't are Appalachian, Southeast, Florida, and Arizona, and they're more off of skim milk and milk fat values. But PPD is an accounting exercise or an accounting method that actually is the difference between the total pool value of the milk versus the class three component pricing of that milk. So it's priced two ways, and then there's the difference between them becomes our PPD. Um, Class threes are valued for the entire month while the class one mover, you know, is the end of the prior month and it's the average of three or four plus 74 cents. And we create this PPD from those two differences, two different time frames. For the Northeast order here in Pennsylvania, you know, South Central PA, our PPD the last 15 years has had a a range. Um, That 15 year period is 2005 through 2019. And we saw a low PPD in November of 2019 at $1.70. In May of 2011, we had the highest PPD in the last 15 years of $3.02. And now in 2020, we've already set a new low. Here for June, we saw a negative $5.83 PPD. During the last three and a half years, the average has been about $0.82 cents a hundredweight PPD here in Pennsylvania for the southeast region. So thanks for that information, Mike. So now that our listeners have a basic understanding of PPD, could you share with us what is happening in the current markets and then the impact that it's having on a farm's PPD? Sure, Rachel. You know, obviously we're seeing negative PPDs, as we've mentioned, and again, $5.83 negative, substantially negative. So what caused it? Well, again, if you read the article from Mark Stevenson and Andy Novakovich, it'll explain some of this, but there's really, in my mind, two things that are causing negative PPDs. First, when there is a rapid run-up in one of the classes versus the other one. So when either class three or four runs up rapidly compared to the other one, it'll drive uh, the class one mover in a different direction because the class one mover is basically the first two weeks of the prior month 
and then the rapid increase in component prices the next month make up the component value and the component value would then be higher. So as component value is higher than our class one or our class pricing, the pool value, we get this negative PPD. And normally when we've seen this, it would correct in a 30 to 60 day period as those prices catch up with each other. But in this case, the second part of the issue today is back in May of 2019, the old way for the class one mover was the higher of class three or four that set our class one price. Today, it is the average of class three and four plus 74 cents. So the 74 cents was put on to that average because based on history, that would make it the same pricing as before when it was the higher up. However, when you're using averages, and let's just put it this way, when it's greater than $1.48, the average of those two is actually going to be lower than the higher of. When it was the average plus 74 cents, it actually ends up being basically the higher one. As those get further than $1.48 apart, class three and four, it also creates a potential negative PPD. So again, we could see some negative PPDs through the balance of the year just based on the wide disparity between class three and four right now. So extreme volatility makes it hard to manage any business, including a dairy farm. What can producers do to really help mitigate against this risk, Mike? Yeah, great question. What can we do in risk management to uh, mitigate some of this uh, volatility out there? Well, I'm going to say risk management is in, or is, should I say, has become a key part of any commodity business. And for dairy farms, I definitely say, you know, we got to start with hopefully everyone signed up for dairy margin coverage because it's definitely paying out and is a help. But to be really do effective risk management, producers need to do, I'm going to say, five other things to help manage their risk. Um, and number one is I think most of our producers need to change their mindset. We need to be open-minded and willing to set floors and even have negatives on our milk checks so that we can protect our bottom line. The mindset change because we aren't used to leaving some money on the table potentially to lock in a profit. So producers have to change their mindset and be thinking about risk management I'm going to say almost daily. It has to become a, a, a routine for their business. Number two, they need to know their cost of production if they're really going to do things to protect from this volatility. The cost of production is going to allow them to know what price is good, and that's going to include some analysis on what their normal basis is over the class three or class four that they might be contracting or over the basis of what their DRP contract could be for that, you know, class three or four. And again, for DRP, for those that don't know, that's dairy revenue protection or the crop insurance for dairy. Number three, I'm going to say producers, you've got to do a budget. You have to have a budget to know what works for you. What price are you trying to protect based on that budget and what's out there and available? But in that budget, you also need to be making sure you allocate funds to do your risk management. You know, risk management can take some of the highs and lows off the table, but it does come at a cost, and it isn't always free. So we need to go out there, and when we do this budget to know what we're protecting, budget some dollar amounts we're willing to spend on risk management. And if you've done those three things, the fourth thing I'm going to say is you have to monitor 
and adjust regularly. This isn't a once and done type of deal. It's got to become a routine. You got to look at what your budget was. Are we on track? Do we need to adjust? Is our cost higher? And then we're going to have to adjust our, basically our marketing plan, what our risk management plan is as we go through the year. And my fifth thing I think producers have to do to protect themselves is this. Again, I already said number one to me was an open mind. The other things were all budgeting. But last, they have to learn and educate themselves about the tools that are out there. Get with someone who knows the tools. Talk through what is dairy margin coverage or the DMC through FSA. What is dairy RP or the dairy revenue protection for crop insurance? Uh, what does your cooperative or, or processor allow you to do? And bottom line, some of you are going to have enough size that hedging, truly going to the CME and locking in prices could be a good thing. So these may sound complicated, but really they all tie to each other. They all go off the same concepts, and we got to have a big picture and a big picture impact with these thoughts, and we got to educate ourselves on how to do it. Thanks, Mike. Some good points there for dairy producers to remember. So are there any other final thoughts you'd like to share here today? Yeah, Rachel, I, I just want to say these have been challenging times, not only for dairy producers, for all of us individually adapting to changes uh, with what's going out there in the general public and, you know, COVID-19, but don't be afraid to change. Um, we have to adapt. Our businesses have to adapt. It's okay to ask for help. You've got to plan for these things. It's going to take time. But I'm going to say most importantly to me as I, as I work with the producers I work with or the families I work with is life's so short, you still got to have fun and enjoy what you do. And if you're not, maybe the plan needs to be thinking about what other alternatives do we have? What else can we do? Because life is so short, we've got to enjoy and we've got to adapt and have fun. Great. Thanks, Mike. It's been great having you on the podcast here today, helping us better understand dairy market dynamics and the impact on PPD. Thank you, Rachel, and glad to be part of it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.